I think the things that I ended up loving about living here were things that I didn't account for. So I knew that I was gonna live in a beautiful place and, and that is still true today. Like I still walk down to the coffee shop and think, you know, every time my foot touches cobblestones, I go, wow, it's, it's crazy to live in a place that is this old and this beautiful and has this much history. Um, so that is still true, but I think the things that I enjoy most about living here are things that I couldn't have predicted uh, before I came here. Olá e bem-vindo! Welcome to The Simple Life, an insider's perspective into Portugal. We already know about Portugal's amazing weather, food and people. In this podcast, we go deeper and meet the real people who make this country so wonderful. Dylan, who has made his life in Portugal, shares an insider's perspective into what makes Portugal the unique, beautiful and amazing country that it is. Join him and his guests every week as they shed some light on the incredible people, culture, history and lifestyle that makes Portugal so appealing. A country where everyone feels like they belong. This podcast is sponsored by Portugal Realty. Welcome to The Simple Life. On this week's episode, I'm joined by my cousin, Marco Patricia. Marco is born in South Africa, raised in Canada, and lives happily here in Portugal, where he works remotely. And although Marco doesn't like the term, Marco is a real digital nomad. We discuss, amongst other things, work-life balance, why Portugal is the perfect place for those who want to work remotely, how this place makes him feel, and how this place sometimes takes his breath away. Welcome back or welcome to another episode of Portugal The Simple Life. I'm really, really happy to be joined by Marco Patricio or as you're known by my son Benjamin, Uncle Marco. Marco, It's how are you? to be here. Thank you. I'm great. Um, it's a beautiful day outside. Feeling good. Very excited to uh, to be talking to you. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy to be to have you. Um, we've spoken about this for a while, so it's good to be finally doing it. Uh, you're not the first family member that's been on the podcast, okay? So unfortunately, you don't have the. But what I will say, you are the first guest from the podcast who's ever fallen asleep on my sofa. So how about that? I will take that. I also think I'm probably the least qualified guest. Um, so I'm ready to take all the titles that I can at this point. Um, do you remember? Do you remember what movie we were watching? Gladiator, I think. Yes. Are you not entertained? Yeah. Exactly. I obviously wasn't. I wasn't that entertained. No, you weren't because you wouldn't even you didn't even finish it, you know. So <laughs> I think it was all, all the, the food and the and the wine before though. I don't think it was had much to do with the movie. Yeah, well, we'll see. We might have to blame Russell, but um, but anyway. Um, Uncle Marco, um, just tell us a little bit about your um, a little bit about you and what you do. Sure. Um, my name, as you said, is Marco Patricia. Um, I am a freelance uh, writer, strategist, sort of all-around creative person. I've been living here in Lisbon for about a year and a half now. Um, and I love it. Does there need to be, should there be more than that? 
That's good. Good start. Good start. Also, you uh, you you can cut cut things, right? No, no, I'm not cutting anything. This is all going to just be raw, just raw, raw and uncut. That's the whole point. Okay. Um, I mean, you've got Portuguese background, of course. Um, but why are you here? What brought you here, and why do you choose to be here? Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about that question because I knew it was one that you would ask. Um, I think the reality is, you know, I quit. Uh, I was working in tech. I quit that job at the beginning of 2019. Um, and so before everyone else was doing it, I was already working from home, um, you know, because I didn't have an office. Um, so I was already sort of on the wave of you can work from anywhere and did. Uh, but it was really during the pandemic, I think, two things happened, one of which being that the on the client side, the client started being okay with the idea that you could be anywhere, you know, you didn't need to come into the meetings or wine and dine and any of that stuff. Um, and also, I mean, being stuck inside for uh, months upon end, um, I was in Canada at the time, um, and being stuck inside forever, I think you think about you know, what your life actually is, what you want it to be like, what freedom and happiness actually looks like for you. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately a lot of those things that I was looking for, the answer was what life here looks like. Um, I think, you know, having access to all the things we have access to, living in a city that's incredibly beautiful, I think was really important for me. Um, you know, living in a country with so much history, which I'm very interested in history and in learning things um, and, you know, being close to the beach. Uh, I was super into surfing at the time, not so much anymore, um, but, you know, that was a massive draw for me is the ability to have all of these things. Um, and I was really thinking about if, life had to be like this forever, like if we had to be in lockdown forever, which thankfully we don't, where would I want to be for that? Um, so sort of if your life was reduced to just the essentials, just like waking up every day, eating, drinking, going for walks, um, where would I want to be doing that? And the answer wasn't Canada. Um, and I wasn't really sure what the answer was. I sort of took a gamble on Portugal because I have Portuguese citizenship. Um, and I'd only actually been to Lisbon once, but I think once I got here, it was all of those things that I was looking for, but to a degree that I couldn't have imagined. Um, so if I could have chosen a perfect place for myself, it, it would have been this. I just didn't really know it before I got here. There's a lot to unpack and we'll get it. we're going to get there. Um, what were you expecting? That's a really good question. Um, I think the honest rationale, I'd been to Lisbon exactly one time for about uh, four hours before. When you were young? You were oh, younger. I bet. Actually, that's a good point. I'd been when I was younger, but yeah. I, I, saw I don't have a good memory. And so I don't really count that as as. I'll tell experience. you, we ate Bifanas in Lisbon. You remember that? Yeah, I also remember going to a Christmas market or something. Right. But um, it was around Christmas I mean, time. That you, you and your brother were there uh, with your with your with your yeah. folks. Yeah, I have a terrible memory then. So anything <laughs> below like adulthood, 
I don't consider a part okay. of my life. Yeah. Um, but what were you expecting? So the, the one experience that I came here as an adult was with my brother. I was We were transferring uh, from Madeira through Lisbon. And we came and watched like a football match where we saw Benfica play against Dynamo Kiev, I think. Um, you know, and so that was my only idea of what Lisbon was like, which was like old and beautiful. Um, and I didn't have an idea of much of the rest of the country because I hadn't really seen it before. Um, but the thing that actually made me decide on Portugal is um, my grandparents on both sides are from Madeira and I you know, used to go there and really love that experience. I would go like twice a year. Um, and I just found that, you know, I felt so much freedom there. Like I really connected with that lifestyle more, um, just not so focused on paying to do things and all of that sort of thing. Like you could just enjoy the nature. You could just enjoy the people. You could just enjoy the food. It didn't cost you any money to do that. Um, and so, you know, I knew that I loved life there and every time that I went to Madeira and then came back to Canada I felt really like uh, maybe I'm not doing the right thing by living in Canada um, and so I actually during the pandemic went to Madeira and was like let me check out if maybe I would live here and I was no offense to Madeira it's a beautiful place I still love it but I was super bored and I thought like if I live here I will never in my life encounter another person my age I won't be able to like have community and culture and all those things that I really enjoy. And so I thought, what is most likely like Madeira in terms of having the things that I really enjoy, having the beautiful nature, uh, you know, like the laid back sort of society, uh, the incredible food, um, you know, the lower cost of living, what will be like that, but better uh, and include more of the things that are important to me. So access to culture, you know, being able to see concerts and go to art galleries or you know, do whatever with people that are my age that are interested in the same thing. Um, and so my guess, I was like, Lisbon's a major city. Probably it's like Madeira, but, um, you know, cooler, more things going on. Um, and that's honestly how I made that decision. So my expectation really was based on those very simple things. I was like, it's going to be beautiful, probably. Um, it's going to have the same sort of laid back lifestyle, probably. It's probably going to have good food. Um, but I think the things that I ended up loving about living here were things that I didn't account for. So I knew that I was going to live in a beautiful place. And, and that is still true today. Like I still walk down to the coffee shop and think, you know, every time my foot touches cobblestones, I go wow, it's, it's crazy to live in a place that is this old and this beautiful and has this much history. Um, so that is still true. But I think the things that I enjoy most about living here are things that I couldn't have predicted uh, before I came here. What? Um, I think I really like living in a city of this size. I think it feels very comfortable to understand what everything is and to be in a city where everything is still constantly changing. Of course, there's a lot of gentrification happening. I'm part of that problem um, as we, you know, we all are anybody that decides to move here. But what that creates is you know, something that's really exciting, a city that's always changing where everything is possible, where people are always coming up with new ideas and they can actually do those new ideas. 
because the cost of you know commercial real estate is not that expensive. So someone can go, I have this idea for a clothing store, and then they just do it. So there's always new things happening. There's always new people arriving who bring new ideas and create new things and new places to go and new parties to go to and new things to see. Um, the wine was one thing that I didn't expect to be so crazy here. Um, you know, I loved natural wine in Canada, but in Canada, it was a very exclusive thing. Natural wine is extremely expensive and there's only a few places, even in the major cities that sell it. And so when I first arrived here, I would always go to the wine bars and ask them, I would say, Hey, do you guys have natural wine? And they would sort of give me this look like, yeah, do you want another kind of wine? I'm, I'm confused about what the question is. Um, and so that I think is the thing that I appreciate too. Like I unironically think that Portugal is the best wine in the world. I drink wines from everywhere. You know, it's the worst when I travel because if I go to London or something, you know, my friends will take me to this wine bar and they'll be like, they have the best wine. And it's all French wines and Australian wines. And it's just so boring and not interesting. And I think, you know, here, not only do we have tons of people making really incredible wines, but we also have tons of places that really appreciate that industry and really appreciate the craft that goes into it and people that are like genuinely passionate about it. And I think that's true of so many things that if somebody's doing something in Portugal or specifically in Lisbon where I live, they're doing it because they really wanted to do it. And this was a place that allowed them to do it. So it's, you know, it's not like they're doing it just for the money or whatever. They're doing it because this is the thing that they've wanted to do. And this is one of the only places, you know, left that you can just show up and just start doing the thing. It's affordable to do it. There's the right community around you. You will be supported. Um, and so, you know, getting into wine culture is amazing because, there's so many places here that I would say are like the best wine bars in the world where the people care so much. They care about you enjoying it. Um, and also there's just an infinite amount of wine to explore. So wine is the answer. Wasn't the question, but it's the answer. I like it. I had a, a, um, a wine journalist on the podcast uh, not long ago and, and she spoke about wines that sing. Uh, and it was such a cool expression that she, like the wine, like comes alive inside your, you know, inside your mouth. And, and she would talk about wines that sing. But uh, what was the last really good bottle that you had? Oh, that is such a good, there's a really good um, wine made here. There, I think it's a, maybe an orange pet nut or a rosé pet nut um, called Tubarão. And as far sure. as I understand, it is a grandmother and a grandchild that make the wine together. This could be completely incorrect. But, um, and I also feel like that's the most classic Portuguese wine story ever. It's like my grandparents made wine and now I'm doing it too. Um, but that was like a shockingly incredible wine. But I have those experiences every time I go drink wine. Um, where I'm shocked by something that I drink and it, it sort of never ends. It's not like I go in every time, like, oh, I know all these winemakers. It's like every time there's a new person making a new wine that 
is so interesting in a way. And I think to talk about Portuguese wine for five more seconds, um, I think the thing is, is that, you know, in countries like France or Australia, like what they're trying to do is recreate the platonic ideal of what a Pinot Noir should taste like or what a anything should taste like. Um, German wine is the same way. I mean, most European wine is that way where they're really trying to reach for how perfectly can you recreate the perfect version of this wine? So they have an idea of like what the, the pinnacle of success tastes like and they're always trying to get towards that. So it's sort of like being in school where they're grading an assignment of how close you are to 100%, uh, where I think the thing about Portuguese wine is like there's so many varieties here and a lot that don't exist in other places. And so people are just interested in what's the best wine we can make with these grapes. Um, and the answer is often incredibly interesting and unique. Yeah, I mean, you, you're, you're a perfect target, though, for, for Portuguese wine. Um producers and stuff i mean you because you're also a sucker for a good story you know and uh, am, there's always a, yes. there's always a story behind these wines here there's always a story behind the wine farm the grapes the family the wine you know there's just and that's something that's quite special about the wine here as well is that is the story behind all these these different wines that we've got well and the story is not made up i think that's the important part I think in other yeah, places, it's not a marketing gimmick. Tell you a story about the wine. Exactly. Yeah. They tell you a story about the wine and it's like, oh, this and this and this. You actually go to the place and it's like, mm, sort of, but nobody really cares about that. Uh, whereas here, it's, you know, sometimes it's the same story. It's like my grandparents had this land and they weren't going to use it. And so I made the wine. Yeah. But it's a true story. Um, and I think that's so exciting. Yeah, that actually, I like that more. That's a true story. Yeah, that's uh, it's authentic. It's a word that gets bandied around a lot, but it's authentic. It's, uh, it's it really is. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, let's talk a little bit about your, where you choose to to be. Um, Lisbon is well. Lisbon is well on the world map now and on the world stage. Everyone knows about this this city. Um, but uh, yeah, you mean you spoke about a couple of things that are important to you when you were thinking. Where do I want to be, um, if not Canada? Um, and and why, why Lisbon? And what do you love about this, this city? Well, I think initially Lisbon was just where I landed. But obviously now I've had time to explore the rest of the country. And, and so there's other places that I could live. Um, but I think the one thing not the one thing that I love most about it. There's a lot of things I love about Lisbon. Um, and I guess I'm talking about in comparison to other places that I visited or other places that I've lived. Uh, but I think one of the things that is so appealing to me about Lisbon is that most of the most enjoyable things to do are things that everyone has equal access to. Um, so there's a lot of places where to do anything interesting you need to go to interesting places, you know, interesting places to drink or interesting places to eat. Or, you know, you go to New York and you want to go up the Empire State Building, you have to pay for that. Here, it's not like that. Um, here, the, the best things to do are the things that are free to everybody. And the city, you know, obviously over hundreds and hundreds of years 
was built specifically for that. Um, you know, you people fly from all over the world to come watch a sunset on one of these Metadoros. And I can do that any day that I want. I can just walk out of my house and go do that. Um, so there's an element of that where everything that you could do and everything that you want to do is either literally free. Um, the beaches are free. The, you know, if you want to drive out to Sintra and go see that, that's free. If you want to go to a park, that's free. All the most beautiful parts of the city are absolutely free to everyone, which creates a really amazing culture because it means that the people that you see there is not one specific kind of person. It's everybody. Um, and it's not like in other places, because something is free, it means that the people that will go there are people that wouldn't pay for other things. Whereas here, you go do some beautiful free thing and everyone is there. You know, there's people that are earning millions of euros and there's people that are earning nothing and they're all there together doing the exact same thing. And I think that's really cool. Um, you know, even dog parks are built with parks, uh, with benches outside them. So even if you don't have a dog, you can sit there and look at dogs. They're like, everyone should have access to everything. And I think that's really amazing. Um, I think I love how small the city is. I mean, in the summer, it doesn't feel small because there's 40 million people here, but you know, you guys can come and enjoy it and that's wonderful. Um, but you know, it is nice that sort of everyone knows everyone. It's like a very small, I think half a million people. Um, so the, you know, the crowds are not huge. You sort of are connected always by one or two degrees to every other person in the city. And so if you are a person who, you know, wanted to do something, if you wanted to be a photographer or a filmmaker or whatever, someone you meet is going to know the best person to know in Lisbon for that. You know, like if you want to, if you want to learn how to surf, you're, you're one degree away from a professional surfer. Um, so I think that kind of size and that commingling is amazing. I think the actual physical size of the city is incredible. Like the fact that it's such a walkable city. Like I was in London and to go anywhere in London, you have to take public transit for an hour just to go to dinner with your friends. Uh, where in Lisbon, you could walk anywhere in Lisbon within an hour easily. Like 40 minutes is sort of the upper limit between anywhere that you would want to go. Um, and that's really amazing that it's small and understandable. And it also allows you to, you know, because it is a city of a finite size, it allows you to be more into exploring new things because it's not like there's new neighborhoods that you can explore that you've never been to or whatever. Like once you've seen it all, it really becomes about getting into the minutia of, oh, let me find like the coolest coffee shop or let me find, you know, like the most interesting restaurant and let me try find that thing that I haven't seen yet, which actually makes you appreciate the city way more um, than if it was this huge sprawling thing because everything's sort of like a little secret, you know? A new restaurant will open and you'll be like, oh, I've seen this street, but I've never really like been down the street. Um, so it's just this city that I think contains so much um, and I think still has so much opportunity. Of course, if you're choosing somewhere to live in Portugal, you know, Lisbon is not the cheapest place that you could choose by any measure. It's the most expensive place that you could live. Uh, but in comparison to any other big city in the world, it's still incredibly affordable. And especially if you are somebody that wants to 
if you have a big idea, if you want to open a store, if you want to open a bar, if you want to open a creative space, if you want to do all of these things, I think for commercial retail, Lisbon is, you know, easily still one of the most underrated places, um, you know, in terms of major cities. So there's still so much possibility here. Um, and it doesn't really feel like we're hitting the limit of, of what you can do here because new things are happening all the time. Yeah, awesome. Um, I've had a couple of guests on the podcast who have recently spoken about this. You mentioned it a little bit with with the amount of sort of foreigners coming into into the city, but most people are quite positive about that. Uh, and a lot of people that I'm speaking to are seeing this um, this influx of different voices and different ideas as a good thing and a, and a thing that's going to propel Lisbon and along with that the country. Um, to do more and to be more and to evolve in different ways. So it's really, really exciting. Um, Marco, one of the things that you mentioned is community. That was something else that you were looking for when you moved here. Um, and there's two elements to that. that you've, got, you've, got your, you've got your social community, um, and I want to ask you about both, but um, you've got social and then you've also got sort of a professional community. And, and that's sort of the first thing I wanted to just ask you. You mentioned how one you're one degree away from somebody that can help you. That's somebody that can teach you. Somebody that there's something that I found with with this country is the accessibility to people and to the top people is not difficult. Um, it's open and and that's something that's quite unique. I don't I don't see that happening in in many other places in the world. Has that been yeah, your experience? I, absolutely. Um, and I think it actually has to do with what you just said about the fact that more people are coming and bringing in new voices and, you know, new things to say and new ways to look at things. Uh, because I think really the thing that bonds everyone is um, when you're new here, it's not like people are upset that they're like, ah, oh, more new people are coming. Um, it's sort of like, you love this place. I love this place too. That instantly gives us something to bond about. We both want this place to be better. Um, and so I think it's, you know, equally true in professional settings where it is, yeah, I think it's it's singular in the sense that if you ask somebody, they will help you. That's pretty much how it goes. If you need an introduction to a person, ask somebody that you know, and they will know the right person to talk to. Um, and, you know, people are willing and open to do that. I think especially in the expat community or, or in the immigrant community, people that move here, because you understand that we all want to live the best possible life and want the best for this place. Um, and so I think it's, it's alarmingly easy to be connected to whoever it is that you want to be connected to. Um, and I would imagine that's true also in sort of other fields, like if you're in music or any of those sort of things. I think I couldn't imagine it being any different because everyone is so welcoming and like willing to help, um, which I also think is a, a major difference from a lot of major cities where it feels like there's competition and it's a zero sum game. And maybe I won't help you because that takes away from my opportunities or whatever. And, and none of that really exists here where people are so willing to help because there's enough for for everyone and, and everyone wants the best for everyone else yeah um there's a thing that i mean I, it's a it's a it's it's just, i'm trying to 
kind of long-winded question here, long-winded question, but um, and it's got to do with you know again community and and this from a more of a social aspect. Um, we know Portuguese people are kind. We know they're so welcoming. Um, we know they are pretty open-minded in terms of who you are, where you're from, your religion, your sexuality, all these kind of things. And it's almost like you've got this group of expats that have moved into Lisbon or to parts of Portugal, and they've almost adopted that way. And everyone just seems to coexist and live in peace. And uh, and how important is that to you? Can you, I mean, as, a, as an insider, as a person that's experienced this, um, can you talk about that? Sorry, can you just rephrase that question quickly? I think I lost you somewhere in the middle. Um, where did you Where did you lose me? I think mentally I lost you. Oh, mentally. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was but, I mean, with the, you, and then... this this environment of of um, uh, that that kind of people this this frame of mind that kind of people seem to have adopted by coming here, where Everyone kind of just coexists. Everyone just lives in peace, both local people and foreigners. Um, have you experienced that? And can you talk a bit about that? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, Portuguese people are incredibly kind and incredibly welcoming, which I don't know if that's the international reputation that they have, but absolutely they should have that. Um, I think there's always an anxiety of coming in as an outsider and saying, you know, I am an outsider. So maybe they won't accept me and maybe they won't, whatever. Um, but I think it's generally true that with Portuguese people, like if you try at all, they will embrace you with the most open arms possible. Um, you know, and that reflects in everything. I think even also with the international community, I think a really important thing is that everyone who chooses to be here and everybody that you meet is here because they wanted the best version of their own life and because they fell in love with this country in one way or another. So, you know, you don't meet anybody that's like bummed about living here. You don't meet anybody that's negative about, oh, like wish I didn't have to live here um, because that's a decision that they've made. And I think that part of, um, you know, the acceptance really is that that's a great footing to bond with anyone on to come and say, I love the country that you are from. Like you should be so proud to be from this country. This is incredible. I feel so lucky to be here, which I think is why you sort of get that harmony um, because you're, the conversation that you're having is always about how wonderful life is. Um, you know, so I think it would be different. I think if people came here and they were like, ah, oh, the Portuguese do things this way and do things that way. Um, and I th think that that's a, a part of it, um, you know? And I also think just in general, like the Portuguese people are some of the nicest, most welcoming people ever. If you try even the tiniest amount to, you know, get involved in the culture or to experience something or to, you know, do anything, try a new food or whatever, then, you were so welcome to all of it, um, which I think is, you know, a really wonderful thing. They're very inviting people. Yeah, it's true. Um, 
there's a term that's been banded around the world in the last, maybe before a little bit before COVID, but especially with COVID, is this uh, the, or this this wave of uh, digital nomadism, digital nomads. For someone that doesn't know what that is, uh, describe what is a digital nomad. Yeah, uh, basically, if you don't have to work anywhere specifically, it is constructing a lifestyle around, you know, optimizing the best possible life that you can. Uh, so often what it involves is avoiding winter. It's a big part of it. Um, so sort of because you don't have to be anywhere, moving around to anywhere that you can be and not really committing to one place, I guess, is sort of by definition what that means. Um, so, you know, usually it's like you get a client and then you go, where would I want to work on this project? Oh, maybe I want to be on the beach in Thailand or maybe I want to be wherever. And, you know, the idea is if it doesn't matter where you're doing the work, why would you choose to do the work somewhere boring? Why wouldn't you, you know, be excited every day when you wake up? Um, you know, because you have to work. That is the, the one thing that you don't have control over. Uh, but the thing you do have control over is where you do it. Um, what does your daily schedule look like? You know, what does my life look like outside of work? I think that's a, a really important thing. And I think digital nomads, which is not a term that I love, uh, but what you're really optimizing for is like the ultimate, you're optimizing for the perfect version of work-life balance. Um, meaning that work is a very small percentage of how you make your decisions and life is everything else. Yeah. I mean, you, Marco, you, you, you work in a lot of what you do is create is creative. Uh, and to be creative, there's a lot of things that have to come with that to, to allow a person to be creative space and safety and peace of mind and room to think and, empathy and connection and community and all these a lot of these things that you that you mentioned um this is very clear why portugal is becoming a good place for for people that need what you've just described um and, absolutely and, and the other thing that i would add is incredible internet speed everywhere in the country which is you know number one thing if you're going to be working from anywhere the internet needs to be fast and i think that's like a maybe a surprising element um, that the internet here is incredibly fast because uh, from what I understand, the infrastructure was built later than in most other European countries. And so they actually got better infrastructure, which means now incredibly fast internet everywhere. Um, and there's, I mean, so much infrastructure being built around that sort of lifestyle. Like there's so many co-working spaces. There's so many, um, you know, incredible offices that you can work from. There's all of this stuff like co-working cafes and you're really surrounded by people all the time who are doing that exact same thing living that exact same lifestyle um so that also is a super helpful part of it is that it's not like you're this weirdo who has to explain to everyone that you meet you know i think when i lived in canada the idea that i would like work from home was sort of confusing to people they're like well why why don't you get an office it's like well i don't know that seems like a weird cost for somebody who doesn't need one um but here you know it's what everyone is doing so you can almost make an assumption 
most people that you meet, as soon as you hear where they're from, which could be anywhere that is in Portugal, you're like, oh, you're doing the exact same thing that I'm doing. Um, you know, maybe not in the day to day, but in the sense that you could work from anywhere. So you're deciding to work from here. Yeah. You, um, we, we spoke briefly about the, the, the Portuguese community and, and the local people. And you mentioned that there are things that they should be really, really proud of. Let's speak to our, our Portuguese uh, listeners. I mean, what are some of those things that you think Portuguese people should be proud of with their country about the way that they live? I mean, I think the fact that so many people want to come here and so many people want to visit obviously is a testament to everything that is good about the country. I think, you know, there's some things that people create and there's some things that historically exist. Like, of course, people should be proud of how delicious the food is. I don't know how much everyone contributes on an individual basis, um, but, you know, like the baseline food that you are going to be eating is incredible. Um, so, you know, that's something worth being proud of. I think living in such a beautiful place, I think, you know, having such an inclusive culture, um, you know, having a culture that's not yet overrun by capitalism and, and where everyone is sort of free to do whatever they want to do. Um, I think having the ability to create for such a small country to create so much infrastructure around different interests. It's like, if you want to do anything here, it exists and it is possible. And in almost all cases, that is something that was made possible by a Portuguese person. It's not like, you know, expats are coming here and they're the ones that are being like, we need rock climbing or whatever. Um, it's like Portuguese people are, you know, are dictating the things that everyone ends up enjoying. So like the surf culture was created by the Portuguese, um, you know, things like rock climbing and, you know, playing padel or whatever. These are all things that Portuguese people have done that now people who come from around the world are appreciating and going, oh this is amazing um so i think that's really incredible i think you know the arts and culture scene is really amazing it says that my connection is unstable but i don't know whether to believe that that is true you keep going buddy You're okay good. not true um you know i think the arts and culture scene like lisbon has a very underrated party scene i would say you know maybe it's not berlin or whatever but I think the, the sort of excitement around that and the ability to create like these really cool fun spaces. Um, yeah, I just think there's, there's so much. I guess it's hard to say like what anybody should be proud of in the country that they were born in. Um, but I think to be proud of the fact that, you know, you're so lucky to be born in a place that has all these things that people travel all over the world to appreciate, um, you know, and I think there's other things also that are incredible about the country that I don't necessarily get to appreciate because my, my Portuguese is not that great. So, you know, there's a rich history of like, um, of course, like a lot of music, which is amazing. Um, there's a lot of writers and poets and all of those sort of things that are, you know, world renowned. So I think, especially for such a 
relatively small country. I mean, geographically and in terms of in terms of population, I think it's an incredible achievement that you know that this is even a place that that people come to. I mean, it's possible to be a very small, very boring country, but that's not at all what it is. So I think be proud of the fact that everyone who's not from here comes here and instantly loves it and instantly wishes that they could live here. Yeah. All right, let's do some quick fire questions. I didn't warn you about this. Okay, so that's better. We're going to do some, some quick fire questions. I'm just going to ask you random questions. You say the first thing that comes to mind. Great. It's going to be fun. I'm ready. Favorite Medador. Favorite Medador. I think I have to say Jardim Toral. It's a, uh, you know, it's not one of the big ones, but it is close to my house. And I don't think that's why it's my favorite. Um, I just think there's something about being in nature in the city. It's so incredibly beautiful. It's not very high, but I think that makes it more unique and more interesting. And also it's one of the best places to actually sit and enjoy the sunset where I think a lot of the other ones, it's just packed of people looking at it where there you can sit on the grass, you can open a bottle of wine, you can really like settle in and enjoy the experience. Favorite Portuguese plate of food? Ooh. I mean, I'm a simple man, so I love a bufana, you know, I think bufana? there's more complicated things that I could say, but that would, it wouldn't be being true to my soul. I mean, I think that's the, the one thing that I just think is unparalleled. There's a lot of other good food. I mean, like we're choosing from an incredible list of things, but I'm a simple man. I like a, a very delicious sandwich that, that, you know, costs three euros or whatever. Why not? Why not? Um, a, a Portuguese dish or type of food that you won't, that you refuse to try? Ooh, um, I think blood sausage. I can't do that. <laughs> Come on. There's, Come on. There's also that one thing that is, oh, I don't know what it's called, but people really love it. It's just basically the insides of every animal you can find. I can't do that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, the last place or the, the last place or thing that you saw in Portugal that, that took your breath away? Wow. Um, I think the expected answer here is like a new thing that I saw, but I think the, I think the drive from, from here up north to like Nazaré, Faj, area is still one of my favorite things and I think every time that I do it I'm still overwhelmed by how beautiful it is um so I'm sure there's new things that took my breath away because that happens you know sort of all the time but I think just I really like driving around this country and I think everywhere that you drive that is sort of north of Lisbon um, or, I mean, south of Lisbon, but any, anytime you leave the city, basically, um, you know, you're seeing really, really incredible things. So, yeah, and also rediscovering things, I think, takes my breath away sometimes, like 
my parents were here a little while ago and we went out to Sintra and I think just like going to where the palace is and everything. And I think also being with people that don't live here and helping see them, uh, sorry, see, helping them see what it is that you appreciate makes you appreciate it more because you're yeah, driving or, or around or seeing, it through, going, seeing it through their eyes. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a cool experience. Because someone goes, wow, this is incredible. And you go, you know, you're right. This is incredible. Like an experience that I have often is if I send a picture of something to people who don't live here, like friends that are in Canada or in London or whatever, um, they will comment on things that I don't think are weird in the picture. So like I'll send somebody a picture of like a dog and they'll be like, wow, like, those cobblestone streets. Like, I really wish that I could be there right now. And you're like, you're right. It, it is crazy. I just don't think about it every day. Some days I think about it. Um, but I think there's so much that is like that where you're like, when I actually stop and think about the reality of the fact that, you know, I'm going for coffee in a place that's like a thousand years old, that's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Uncle Marco, how can people follow you, uh, get in touch, uh, and connect with you online? I'm a very mysterious man, but for the sake of this, I will re-enable everything. Um, internetmarco.com is my website, the greatest artist alive on Instagram, which is currently deactivated, but I will reactivate it. Yeah, if you want to. You know, if people don't find you, you stay a mystery. They'll be like that guy that was just one time on a podcast and we never saw him again. Could be cool. Yeah, if you really want to find me, um, go to Black Sheep in Lisbon on sort of any weeknight. I will be there. Um, one thing that you want people to remember and, and take away from our conversation. I think that if you are thinking about what the best version of your life could look like. It definitely involves being here in Portugal. That's what I think is the one thing that you should take away. Whatever you're looking for, whatever you're dreaming of, it's possible here. And if it doesn't exist yet, you can come and make it. Nice. A question we ask all of our guests. Portugal, the simple life. Why? Because it doesn't have to and shouldn't be any more complicated than that. Life should be this simple. Everything else is just overcomplication. Marco, thank you for being on the podcast. I loved it. It's awesome. Thank you for having me. I'll see you again soon. And oh, I thought you were going to let you. me call it. And I'm oh, going to let you sorry. call it. Hang on, do that again. Take that again. I'll see you again soon and I'm going to let you call it. That is a wrap. Thank you so much. So thank you once again to Marco and thank you to all of you for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends, give us a thumbs up and please leave a comment or a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And as we say in Portugal, um abraço. Welcome to the simple life.